Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. The book of Deuteronomy, the fifth book of Moses, is foundational for both Judaism and Christianity. What makes Deuteronomy so significant? How does one apply its message today? Tune in as we speak with Adolf Horstadt about his recent Concordia commentary on Deuteronomy. You're listening to New Books and Biblical Studies, a channel of the New Books Network, and I'm your host, Michael Morales. Reverend Dr. Adolf Horstadt served as a pastor for many years, and was a professor at Bethany Lutheran Theological Seminary. He has participated in archaeological digs and led study tours in Israel. I'm glad to be with you. So tell us about yourself by way of introduction and how you came to study the book of Deuteronomy. Okay, uh, where does a guy start telling about himself? I don't know. I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. How about that? I grew up in Watertown, Wisconsin, went to high school and college there and then on to Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in Mequon, Wisconsin, which is just north of Milwaukee. Uh, From there, on to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, studied under Dr. Menahem Mansour and other wonderful scholars there in in Madison. Um, Then took a call into the parish ministry. My first call was in Elma, Michigan, right in the center of the lower peninsula of of Michigan. From there, went to... um, a mission in uh, Lusaka, Zambia, Africa. Um, I, I was married, am married, to the same woman here. And uh, two of our kids born there, we went over with a little baby. So um, so Lusaka, Zambia, wonderful six years there. Uh, then accepted a call to Southern California in the city of Escondido, just north of San Diego. And then for 30 years taught at Bethany Lutheran Theological Seminary here in Mankato, Minnesota. Also taught at the college, the Bethany Lutheran College, some courses. And uh, uh, was a tennis coach at the same time. And believe it or not, I'm back coaching tennis for one more year. So that's a little bit about myself anyway. Would you orient our listeners to Deuteronomy? What makes it so unique? Yeah, it is a unique book. Um, I, I like to call it a quintessential book and an essential book. Um, it really it puts together the first four uh, books of the Bible, uh, the pertinent parts, um, including the covenant at Mount Sinai, which looms big in Deuteronomy also. Um, so quintessential because... Deuteronomy is the quint book of the Bible, the fifth book of the Bible, and it's essential. It's absolutely essential reading to understand the theology of the Old Testament and the New New Testament because its influence is rife throughout the Bible. Uh, That grew on me more and more as I delved into this this commentary. Uh, But the book of Deuteronomy, what is it? It's basically three sermons or addresses or discourses, whatever you want to call them, of Moses 
just before Israel crosses the River Jordan into the Promised Land. So they're standing there or sitting there uh, on the plains of Jordan. Moses is 120 years old, and he's got one more opportunity to uh, proclaim the word and do his best to keep the people faithful to the covenant when they do cross the river without him, as we know he would not cross the river, but his last chance. And uh, so it's a very passionate book, uh, exhortation, really, really uh, characterizes the book because of these sermons. Then there's also some supplementary material at the end of the book, Um, wonderful poem, uh, chapter 32, Moses blessing the tribes in chapter 33, and then Moses' death and burial in uh, chapter 34, the last chapter. So I guess that kind of puts Deuteronomy on the map. What would you say is the main purpose or message of Deuteronomy? For Old Testament Israel, uh, keeping Israel, the new generation of Israel now, remember the old generation has died out. So keeping the new generation of Israel faithful to the Sinaitic covenant, as well as the Abrahamic covenant, um, when Israel crosses the river into the new land, the promised land, which will then not no longer be the promised land, but the land that God had promised and now is given. So keeping Israel faithful, uh, the nation must pre- be preserved uh, as a covenant nation because from them will come the Messiah. How long did it take you to complete the commentary? Oh, I would, more than 10 years. Um, and the reason was I didn't have you know, time off to write the commentary. So I'm doing this while I am a family man, while I am teaching full-time at a seminary, teaching as adjunct at the college and coaching tennis. So uh, summers probably the biggest chunks of time for me uh, working on on the commentary. But over 10 years and uh, countless hours, who who knows? If I were paid, uh, we are paid a a, a little amount for writing these commentaries. If I made a penny an hour, I I doubt it when it comes to the time involved. But it is a very time-consuming to do a decent job of it and thoroughly research, and etc. Would you share any notable experience in the process of writing your commentary on Deuteronomy? Perhaps any major flashes of insight or surprises along the way? Well, the biggest one, I would say, is uh, what I already mentioned in my little introduction, the influence of the book of Deuteronomy on the rest of the Bible. I mean, it's everywhere, and I did not know the extent of that. Um, The number of quotations, allusions, paraphrases of the book of Deuteronomy in the New Testament, as well as the Old Testament, uh, it's it's really surprising. Uh, Every writer of a New Testament, of New Testament books uh, alludes to quotes, paraphrases, Deuteronomy, uh, book of John alone, and count at least 50 quotes or allusions to, to Deuteronomy. So that was the biggest surprising thing. And that continues to grow on me uh, when I read the New Testament. 
oh, he's saying that because that's from Deuteronomy, this tremendously influential book. Um, I don't know if you remember the old book by James Michener. It was called The Source. And one of the um, quotations there is, if you, if you want to know, and he was talking about Jewish theology at that time, if you want to know the Old Testament and Jewish theology, read Deuteronomy five times and you'll, you'll get a sense of it. And I, I agree with that totally. If you want to know Christian theology, read the book of Deuteronomy many, many, many times. I would have to say as a kid and even later, I didn't appreciate the book of Deuteronomy. And it, it's probably because it's not an action book, you know, it's words. In fact, uh, that's what it's called, Ela Devarim. These are the words of, of Moses. So it's words, 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 and all the action had taken place uh, beforehand in the first four books, and it continues in the book of Joshua afterwards. Uh, the only action we have, when you think about this, the only action we have is finally in the last chapter, Moses climbing up Mount Nebo and dying, if you want to, if you want to call that, and God burying him, which is a very surprising uh, action also. But the rest is words, 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 passionate words. And I'm sure he was a lively preacher. But do you think there'll ever be a movie on Deuteronomy? I, I, don't, I don't think so. You mentioned in your introduction that you got to visit the presumed Mount Sinai, the traditional location, and Nebo. Tell us about that. Oh, sure. It, it certainly informs the way you write about the geography. The, the place name is mentioned in the Bible. I mean, to have been there and experienced it, walked it, whatever, fly over it, um, bus past it, and especially to walk it. Um, yeah, I've been to Sinai a couple of times, but we climbed it only once. Uh, that's now about eight or ten years ago. Uh friend of mine, Dr. William Kessel, wonderful scholar, uh, and I took our camels up. And uh, you, you can't take your camels all the way up to the summit. Now, this is, as you say, the presumed Mount Sinai. It's the generally accepted one. It's at uh, St. Catherine's Monastery in the Sinai Peninsula. It used to be part of Israel, but I turned back to Egypt, so now it's it's part of Egypt. So that's Sinai. Um rugged, rocky mountain. Um, but just to think of the great events that took place there in probably about uh, 1446 B.C., the beginning of the trip to the Promised Land, uh, the Sinai Covenant or Mosaic Covenant, whatever, whatever we want to call it. And then from there we went to uh, Jordan and um, the plains of Moab, as they're called in the Old Testament, and Mount Nebo are in the modern country of Jordan. And, and nicely, we were there about the same time of year as Israel would have been there at the time of uh, Moses. Uh, it had been raining, and it was wonderfully green, which I didn't expect at all. Uh, then looking across the Jordan from that area. So it, it, does, it does mean a lot. You can see a chunk of the Promised Land uh, Israel, uh, from, from that location when, uh, when it's clear enough to see, uh, you know, the, the waters of the Dead Sea, which is right next door, um, evaporate. And so you often get these very cloudy days and you can't see too far. 
But uh, yes, it is very meaningful to be at those locations. Of course, Nebo, we're assuming that's the location also. That, that site certainly fits uh, the description given in the Bible, cross from Jericho, etc. Are there any other projects you're working on you can tell us about? Well, I have the honor of doing um, the book of Joshua for the for the same commentary series. By the way, this is, I don't know if you mentioned it, the Concordia commentary series. Uh, scholarly, theological set-up commentaries that I'm very honored to be a, a part of that. I guess it's about half done by now. It's, it's a long thing. Anyway, I had done the uh, Joshua commentary first, so it's nice to have done two back-to-back books, Deuteronomy and Joshua. Well, I did it backwards. I did the second one first, but that's all right. Uh, so that was done. Now I'm doing many interviews on both books. Actually, yesterday I did an interview on on uh, a Joshua chapter 9, that Gibeonite deception, humorous, and serious chapter. Uh, so my, my projects now are more the fruits of my labor and uh, people wanting to ask me about it, teaching many classes uh, also on, on these books. At my church, I'm teaching a class on Deuteronomy now. I just did a class with uh, about 40 pastors at a retreat center a couple of weeks ago. Um, seven hours on Deuteronomy, crash course on, on Deuteronomy, and still you, you barely touch the surface, you know, a book of 34 chapters and a very influential book. But So that's what I'm up to besides, as I mentioned earlier, being tennis coach again, believe it or not. Right now we're in the middle of a big uh, Midwest ITA tournament, uh, 300 uh, participants at Gustavus Adolphus, uh, college just up the road here in St. Peter, Minnesota. So that has nothing to do with Deuteronomy, but uh, it, it keeps me sane at the same time to clear my mind from the other pursuits and uh, get involved with tennis. Adolf, it's been great getting to know you and to hear about your work. All the best, and thank you so much for joining us. A real honor to be on your program. Thank you. Friends, you've been listening to New Books and Biblical Studies, a channel of the New Books Network. Goodbye.